We are very grateful for you. Appreciate you and appreciate you coming and, and coming to worship. We, it's a special time together as we look forward to what God's going to do. So if you would, turn in your Bibles to John chapter 5. John chapter 5. We're going to read the first nine verses of John chapter 5. <clears throat> Excuse me. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. And these lay a great multitude of impotent folks, of blind, of halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. And Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case. He saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. And Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately... The man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we're so grateful to you for the word of God. We thank you for the, the truths that are there, the insights that are there, the wisdom that is there the word that you speak to each and every one of us who know you as our Lord and Savior, as you give us rhemas and you give us truth from your word. We are so thankful that it, that it feeds us. It is, it is what we need uh, to live by. And so we're so very thankful and so grateful. I pray today that this message would speak to all of us. There would not be anyone left out. It would all have an answer. For you, and I pray that you would accomplish your will, and you would be glorified, and you would be lifted up and exalted, and we pray all of this in the precious name and through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. In his name we pray, amen. Our church has been a safe place and a safe haven for families for many, many years. I've had traveling preachers. This is communication that they've given me as they've come through. They're visiting preachers and different things. They'll come through because they go to all sorts of churches. They're, they're out there preaching, and, and I've been told some have to actually step out in the foyer while the music's going on, then they come in to preach. And they've told me personally, and others have told me, and, and uh, people that have come from other churches have told me, 
Uh, North Belt Baptist Church is a place of safety for families. And, and, and a common thread that some say, and I've heard it more than once, they've said, I'm not sure that those that have been there just a long, long time and they're not out visiting churches really realize what they've got. And of course, you, you and I know this, don't we? That no church is perfect. And you know the saying, if you ever find the perfect church, don't join it because you'll ruin it. And we're determined here never to compromise the preaching of God's word. Never to compromise godly music. Now, the pressure the world places on churches is, is really hard for some people to contend with. A lot of churches have compromised and, uh, and they've given in because the philosophy and the thinking is we've got to change or we're not going to be able to draw a crowd. And so the world's approach to church uh, is not anything that we want to be a part of. And I've made a habit, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but I don't call out other churches by name and by the preacher's names that are out there doing worldly things. But I will say that I heard something just recently. I'm not going to give you the name of the pastor and I'm not going to give you the name of the church. But it's the most recent thing that I've heard, and it's actually extremely sad that on Easter Sunday morning, a large church in the Houston area had, and this came from a member who was there, a large church in the Houston area had a rapper for the lead singer type thing and whatever it was, rap music, for Easter Sunday morning. And, of course, I've even read of even worse, I mean, what could be worse, but there are other things that people have, they try to do on Easter Sunday to, to draw a crowd and to try to make people feel comfortable because that's what they're listening to all through the week. And so they don't want it to be just a total shock when they come to church. They try to compromise and get them to come in. And so each church, each pastor, each individual, we're, we're individually accountable to God for our decisions, for our actions, for our behavior, for our thoughts, for the lives that we live in every area. We're going to give an account, and I've referred to the scriptures here the last couple of weeks. We are going to give an account how we handle, how we conduct ourselves in all the situations that God in His sovereignty permits to come into our lives. I believe they're tests. I believe they're tests to see how we're going to do. We've been given the truth. We've been studying the truth. We hear sermon after sermon after sermon. And now we have opportunity to apply what we've heard. And some are going to pass and some are going to fail. Our church has experienced some exciting times. 
in 37 years next month. We've had um, times as we've gone through our history here, times of humbling. And I think that was needed because it was reported several times that during what people have referred to the heydays of North Belt Baptist Church, that the church was so full of spiritual pride, it was a turnoff to a lot of people. Because if you didn't have on your blue and white, you didn't fit in. If you'd never been to a certain seminar, you didn't fit in. If you weren't in a certain school, you didn't fit in. And, and there, were, there was just a spiritual pride, and I think people just couldn't help themselves but to be thankful and grateful. And so there was, a, there was a reaction to that. And I think God had to humble us. And we thought we were really something at one point, and then all of a sudden God said, well, I'll just show you. you you're just like everybody else. You have a, a need, and the need is me. You need, to, you need to be in a place to need me. And that's exactly... So he, he knows how to get us on our knees. He knows how to prune and exactly who to prune. I've seen, I don't know how many, I, I can for sure say three distinct prunings in our church. That I mean, it's just been clear cut. It's just like when we prune our roses in, in the, uh, February. I've seen it in our church. A clear, distinct, you know, you're at a one point and everything looks grand and glorious, but God started pruning. I can, I can remember for sure three distinct prunings. So God knows how to humble us. And the devil has never, from the day we got on the property, the devil has never stopped attacking this church. But we came up with a little slogan. It's been on the sign out here forever, ever since we came. Uh, it's God's church. So when you attack the church, you're attacking God and his church. But he's forever, you know, I mean, I just sometimes get amazed. Satan doesn't really have a whole lot of different tricks and lies. He just got one little bag and one biggie that he pulls. And I'm just blown away. I'm just amazed that people that I consider spiritual giants in the body of Christ fall for it, divide and conquer. It's just so clear. If Satan can get anyone to get divided over anything, divide and conquer, divide and conquer, divide and conquer. And you see it. And you say, can't we, aren't we mature enough to recognize what is going on? And we do everything within our power. And God has equipped us with everything we need. He's given us all truth. He's given us everything we need to be able to counter and, and, and get over everything. There's nothing that he allows to come in our life that we can't conquer. Divide and conquer. Then there are some, and our battle is not against flesh and blood, but Satan does use folks, and he uses whispers to do everything they can to dismantle and discourage and bring disdain and all kind of things, a bunch of other Ds if you want to make them up. But um, he tries to discourage. 
But we've reminded those that when you whisper against God's church, it is God's church. Once again, we need to be reminded. But they try their best to keep things upset and negative and down and pointing out all the faults and all the bad things. But today, folks, today, I'm glad you're here today. Because today, and I'm not trying to sell mattresses, I'm just telling you that today is a great day for North Belt. Today is a special day for North Belt. It's a day that we together collectively can by faith trust God for the days ahead. We can believe him. We can, and I want to tell you, I just love it because this is the pattern. This is what God does. He leads us into situations that just seem to be impossible. Then we're reminded that nothing's impossible with God. So he leads us into the most difficult challenges that you could ever think of. And then he says, but nothing's impossible with me. So this account in John, how does that relate to what we're trying to say about the church? Jesus asked this man a very important question, and I'm wanting in application to use that same question and ask the church. So there's the, the sheep market pool. It's the pool of Bethesda. It's a pool, I read, did a little bit of reading about it. It's the pool of healing. Different names, but it's, it's the market pool. And the sick, they had these five benches, shades, whatever. <clears throat> and these people, these sick, ailing people, and you could just imagine, you know, I mean, it was a congregation of ailing, sick people, and they're all coming there because at a certain season, the angel would come down into the water and stir the water and trouble the water, and there would be a race to who could get there first. And the one that arrived would, would be healed wholly, completely. And so... There are a lot of sick people, a lot of ailing folks. They were blind. They were halt. They were withered. They were limping. They were paralyzed. They were, they were very sick, miserable people, and they wanted healing. So verse 4, and the angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. And whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity 30 and 8 years. You know, next month is going to, we're going to celebrate 37 years together. But think about it. 38 years he had been sick for 38 years. Couldn't, apparently couldn't walk very well, was, was hobbled or crippled or whatever. But he, he was, he was, he was, it was impossible for him to maneuver like a normal person. 
for 38 years. Nothing had happened. Nothing had changed in his life. And can you imagine he was he had to be desperate. Well, Jesus knows everything about everybody. He knows our thoughts. He knows everything. And so Jesus saw him, the scripture says in verse 6, when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had now been there a long time in that case, he saith unto him. So Jesus sees this man and knows he's been sick for 38 years. He knows he's been crippled for 38 years and he's been waiting for the angel to come and trouble and stir the water. And he, know, he knows he had been there for a long time. And he asked this question. Now, this question is really significant. I mean, it, it seems to be so obvious, don't you think? I mean, when you read that, I mean, do you, do, do you raise your eyebrows and say, if Jesus knows everything and he's at the place to get healed and he needs a healing and Jesus asking this question... You know, you just wonder, I mean, he's there. He's in the right place. He's, why would Jesus ask him that question? Wilt thou be made whole? That's what he asked him. He can't walk. He can't get down there fast enough. And he's basically saying, do you, do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be made well? Now, look at the response in verse 7 from the impotent man. Look at what he said. I mean, I've thought of all kinds of things. I didn't, I didn't do a lot of like, you know, what did John MacArthur, what did this? I mean, I just was asking the Lord. But it, it's, it seemed like an excuse to me. The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man. Well, I mean, it is logical. If you can't walk very well, you're going to have to have help. I have no man, and he's saying, I don't have anybody to help me get down there. When the water is troubled, to put me into the pool. But while I'm coming, so it, can you just envision in your mind this man that's crippled, paralyzed, or whatever, he can't walk very well, and no man is there to help him, and he's straining, he's struggling, he's, he's dragging himself to get to the pool to be healed. He said, and another steps in before me. So the race is on. Can you just see the picture? They're racing to be the first one in the pool. And he's dragging himself. He's dragging. And somebody else beats him every time. I have no man. I have nobody. Do you want to be made whole, Jesus said? After 38 years, you've been in this condition. You've been like this all this time. And Jesus asked him a very strange question, I think. Do you want to be made whole? I mean, he was there, wasn't he? <laughs> I mean, Jesus knows everything. Seems like the answer would be very obvious and very clear. I just, I just, I've read it and I've read it. I've preached on this before. I've read it. 
Kind of a strange question. 38 years? You're at the pool? You're waiting for the troubling of the water? Do you want to get well or not? Do you want to be made whole or not? Do you want to be healed or not? Of course, you know, I mean, the, the, the very strictest interpretation is he didn't need the water. He needed Jesus. He didn't need the angel. He needed Jesus. And Jesus commanded him. Rise up, pick up your bed and walk. He didn't have to go to the water. He, he obeyed the Lord. The Lord had given him instructions. He didn't have to go down there and be in the water, the troubling water, and then be healed. Jesus said, do you want to be healed? And he did exactly what Jesus said. He was, he was made whole. He reached down, picked up his bed, and he walked. He walked away. I, I, I find that very spectacular. But I think we can apply that to the church. I think we can apply that to the church. I think we can apply that question to each church member. North Belt Baptist Church. Do you want to be healed? And as Keith Daniel would say, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? Back in the back, do you want to be healed? Do y'all want to be healed? Do y'all want to be healed? You've been in this shape for quite a long time. You've been in this condition for some time now. I think it's a legitimate question. Church, are you ready to move forward? Are you ready to obey the Lord? Or are you going to, like the man, well, but I don't have anybody to help me with this. Or I'm waiting on somebody to make their move first. Or let's just see what everybody else does. Now, I think this is for every individual, each one of us, we have to make a decision today are we ready to move forward? Could today be the day that the church draws a squiggly line, kind of like back in the day when uh, we said, give me that mountain, and we had the little poster, remember the poster, and people came forward during the invitation and signed the poster? Yes, I want to be a part of taking that mountain. So I'm asking every individual in this room and listening live stream, are you ready... Are you ready, church, to be made whole? Or are we going to continue on in our condition forever? I think we have an opportunity. We're doing everything we possibly can to make some things happen. But I think it's not what we make happen. I think it uh, lies, and I was doing a lot. I came very close very close to preaching a message on motives. Why we do certain things and why we say certain things and why we even spiritualize certain things.
motives. I came very close to preaching on that. But the question is, are you ready? Do you want to be made whole? You ready to move forward? Ready to draw that squiggly line? Are you ready to, to take a step of faith? Are you ready to join arm in arm, shoulder to shoulder, united, one spirit, one body, one flesh, one, one, one giant movement, taking a step, following God, letting Him lead us? Church, do you want to be healed? We can't do it for you. You can't do it for me. And, oh, but I guess we could say, well, I'm here. I mean, I showed up, didn't I? I'm in church. I mean, don't you think I want to go on with God? Don't, I mean, I'm here. I'm praying. No, I'm not convinced of that. I'm not convinced at all of that. Because the scripture is clear. Didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we perform many miracles in your name? And he says, depart from me because I never even knew you. So it is possible to be present and not ready to do business with God. But the challenge, I'm, I want to be just as, I'm, and, and don't misinterpret, I'm not angry. I'm not mad. I'm passionate about what I'm preaching today. We have to decide. I think today is the day that we've got to make up our mind to obey God or not. Let's just go ahead and go play golf and go fishing on Sunday. I'm here. I mean, don't you think I want to be healed? No, that doesn't indicate anything. And you know what, Dr. Blackaby, I just love reading his devotional books. He said that he really believed that Jesus wanted the impotent man to verbalize it. He wanted him to say it out loud. He wanted to hear, hear him say something. I thought, well, now how are we going to do the imitation? I mean, if, if we're calling for a public answer, then you need to be prepared for that. I mean, you, are you going to just, you know, resist and fight and stand back and say, nope, I'm not going to join in. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be one of those. But he was there by the pool, and you would think that that wouldn't even be a question. I mean, it's, to me, it's just like, why would he ask that? He, do you want to be healed? I mean, of course he wants to be healed, you would think. Do you want our church to grow? Do you want our church to grow? Do you want to see souls saved? Do you want to see people come to Christ? Do you want to see new, new believers discipled? Do you want to see people discipled and trained in the things of the Lord? Do you want to see a strong fellowship, a united fellowship, a loving fellowship that gets along and loves each other? Showing the lost world, world, take a look. This is how Christians love each other. Now, and I, I, I've really thought about this next statement in my notes. And I don't want anybody to be hurt or, or anything. That's not my intention. But you've heard the phrase and you heard it at the seminars. But you always have givers and takers. I mean, that's just kind of the way it is in church. Some people are just givers. And, some, and I'm, not, I'm not just talking about finances. 
That's not just finances, but there are givers and there are takers. There are people that are just going to serve, 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 serve. Their tongue is dragging. They, every time somebody needs to volunteer for something, they volunteer. And they're just out there doing and doing and doing. And I can tell you, as pastor, I know who they are. And this is not bad-mouthing anybody, but there are those that just come to take. And you know what? The takers seem to be the ones that are most upset with everything. They're the most disgruntled with everything. They're the ones that seem to be the most unhappy with no matter what you do because they're just here to take. What can, what can the church do for me? Folks, we've got to get out of that mindset today, this day. Draw that squiggly line. Start fresh. We've all got to have an attitude. And, I, and I'm going to tell you just really up front, we need workers for the nursery. We need volunteers to teach classes. We need servers. We need helpers. We need people to help lead people to Christ. And we need financial givers. People that are going to be willing to say, this seems to be totally impossible what is about to happen. But all of us, and, and here's the neat thing, Nobody's waiting on the church to take care of it. Everybody that's involved is looking to God to provide. But we all can participate. We can all do a little bit extra. We can all do a little bit more. We can pray, for sure pray harder, and cry out to God, God, this is a ministry. The souls are going to be saved. People are going to be changed. Lives, families, strengthened. Lord, help. And we've already been over the thing. If you're a doubter, you're like, oh boy, what in the world have we done now? It'll never work. It'll never happen. What were they thinking? You know, if you're a doubter like that, the scripture is clear. We've been over it the last few weeks. Jesus did not many miracles. Why? What did he say? He did not many miracles because of their what? Say it with me. Their unbelief. Now, do we trust God or do we not trust God? And I'm telling you, I'm standing here, and I want you to stand with me. We trust our Father. He promised to supply our need. And I'm so confident that God's going to do it. I'm confident God is going to do it. Don't be a doubter, because I think it affects a whole lot more than just you and your family. So God has led me this day to preach this message and to encourage our church to draw a squiggly line. And those of you that hadn't heard that term before, ask somebody that's been around a while, they've heard it for 38 years, 37 years. But draw your squiggly line, start fresh, 
Let's step up to the plate. We've had so many people say, maybe it's time for us to step up. And many have. Many have. But it's time for all of us to step up. The time is right. We've got to, as as I will say, you're going to have to get right with God or get left. Make up your mind. It's time for all of us to go the extra mile. You know, the markers, you, you have heard that. The Romans had mile markers, and it was required by law. If a soldier said, you've got to carry my pack, they'd, they'd carry the pack, drop it at one mile. And Jesus said, no, 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 that's not, the, that's not the way I want you to do it. I want you to go the extra mile. So believers were instructed not just go that first mile, and that soldier's looking and saying, he, he didn't drop the pack. Why didn't he drop the pack? He should have. What's he went the extra mile. That's what God's calling us all to do today. Be prepared to go the extra mile. Volunteer. Give as much as you possibly can as the Lord directs you. The ministry, the souls. Northfield Baptist Church has a great opportunity. And so church, have we somehow fumbled around and in my, you know, my eloquent, the way I, I mean, as close to John MacArthur as I'll ever be? I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just picking y'all. But have we made the point? Do you want to get well? Ask yourself, church, do you want to get well? Are you ready to get well? Ready to step out? You ready for a fresh start? Do you want to be healed? Or do you want to just stay like this? We've been like this for a while. Do you want to just stay like this? And Jesus said, take up your bed and walk. Take up your bed and walk. He gave instructions now it's up to us to obey. He's given the word. There's, I mean, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. God's opposed to division and fussing and fighting in the family and in the body. He's a, he hates sowing discord, seeds of discord among the brethren. He hates it. And you and I have a responsibility today, an opportunity to pick up our bed and walk. And I love that saying, and I know you've heard it many, many times, but I love what Brother Melton taught us. The devil gets you out in the middle of the lake to drown you, and God lets you get out in the middle of the lake to show the devil how good you can swim. So here we are, out in the middle of the lake, looking around. Woo-hoo! It looks kind of scary out here. Let's all show the devil how God's people can swim. Now, I'm going to, I don't know. I've tried to pray this through. And all I can say is this. We're going to have a different kind of imitation. And I, and I realize, I, I mean, I know, don't run, tell me. Oh, but you didn't think of this. No, I've tried to think of it all. 
But I'm going to ask you, Dwight's going to lead us in our invitation, and I'm going to ask you to remain seated. And as you do business with God, and you've heard the message, and you say, God's asking our church, but asking me as a member of the church, do I want to be made whole? Are we ready to move forward? Am I ready to take that step of faith and join hand, shoulder, shoulder together and move out together? And as the Lord speaks to your heart, and I know there's a lot, there's be a lot of pressure on somebody, but I don't, we just need, I think we need to do this. We don't have a poster to sign, give me this mountain, but stay where you are until God speaks to your heart. And then when he does, and you're willing to affirm, then you just stand and sing our invitation. One at a time, just stand as the Lord brings conviction, and you say, I'm, I'm ready to join in. This is a great day for our church, an exciting day for our church. We can move forward today together. I don't want to stay in this condition forever. I want to be healed. And would you let it be known? That's your verbalizing it. That's what Jesus did. He wanted to, do you want to be made whole? So stay in your pew or chair until you're ready to join in and say, let's move out together. All right, is that clear enough? Do we understand it? Is it too hard? All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for what you're doing in our church. We thank you how you're leading us. And we pray that you would do a great work in our hearts, that our hearts would be changed, that we would take the challenge, the challenge the question for the church, do we want to be made whole? Are we ready to move forward? Are we ready to put bad things and stuff behind us and, and step out in faith and trust you with our future? God, I pray that today would be a wonderful, life-changing day in our church. That you would encourage our hearts. Father, help us to be the men and women and the uh, believers that you want us to be, following you, trusting you, rising up and picking up our bed and walking. We pray for those that are lost, that need Jesus, the ones that are without Christ today. And I pray that they really soon understand they need to pray and ask Jesus into their heart to be saved. I pray they do that today in Jesus' name. Amen.